Hey friends, welcome to the Great Things Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Herring. Let's be honest, things aren't going too great in the world right now. I think we can all agree on that. But I've got some good news. This space is created for you to join in on conversations of how sometimes the hardest, lowest moments of our lives can produce the greatest joys. So come on in and jump on this virtual couch with me as we talk about some good news and great things. Today on the show, I'm so excited to introduce you to someone who has had such an impact on me. Her name is Angela Weir. She and her husband, Brad, planted and leads City Church International here in Dallas. I've been so thankful to be under their leadership since 2020. Angela is a prayer warrior, a lover of God's word, and a testament of God's goodness and grace. She has an amazing testimony that will give you hope and spur you on to love Jesus more. Angela, thank you so much for joining me today on the Great Things Podcast. I'm so happy to be here with you, Lens. <laughs> I love this. So Angela has been one of the behind-the-scenes people of this podcast, praying for it for months and months before it even launched, actually, and has heard from the Lord some pretty specific things that just confirmed that He wanted to use this as another tool to reach people. So Angela, it's really special for me that you're here today to share your very powerful testimony and I know there are so many layers and elements of your story, so we won't get to hear all of it today, but I am really excited for you to share even just parts of what God has done in your life. Fun. I'd love to do that. Love to share about Him. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't get the pleasure of knowing you like I do, who is Angela Weir? Oh, who is Angela Weir? One who is... Um yeah, just desirous to continue to grow in my walk with Jesus and to become more and more like Him, to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, yeah. really. And um, as far as just who I am, I'm married to Brad Weir, and I have two kids, two grown kids, and both of them are just, they're wonderful, and Brad and I planted City Church International in the inner city then, what we considered the inner city of Dallas, and we're really reaching out um, in that area previously, and um, and now it's really gentrified, so it's really changed like the area that we're at with City Church, and um, it's just the joy of my heart that I get to be on um, just this journey with God and seeing what he's doing around us and the beautiful body of people that he's joining with us to run this race together. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say that I have even seen in the you know short amount of time that I've been there, you know, a little over a year, I've seen God move in so many powerful ways. And so I'm so encouraged. And even this morning when I was, you know, spending time with the Lord, I'm just like, man, I'm just so grateful for our church and for our church family and just to be able to see what God is doing in so many different people's lives in yes. the church, which is impacting outside of the four walls. And so that has just been really encouraging to me. Yes, me too. Like I love hearing the testimonies of how God is moving and what, what he's doing. And it's so beautiful just to have people around that will testify of how he's moving and working in their lives and what he's doing. So it's great. Yeah. So where did your faith journey begin? Like, when did you meet Christ, accept him? What did that wow. look like for you? That's such a great story. And um, 
Oh, I am just forever thankful. So I was really lost. I mean, I guess when you're lost, you're really lost. (laughs) So, But I was in one of those, like I was pretty lost. I was in college, just really living, um, going hard after my studies, but then living a very dark life as well. And I grew up in a home where there wasn't a Bible around. And really, I didn't even, I did not hear the gospel until I was 18 years old. Like I had no, I saw Jesus on the cross and I guess I kind of had a God consciousness is what I would call it. Like I would have said I was a Christian because I believed God existed, but um, I did not have a relationship with him, but I didn't really know that that's something that you could have, right? Yeah. And so I had a friend gave me a Bible when I was going to college. And she just asked me, she said, will you read this five minutes every day? And I said, yeah, you know, like I love a challenge. I'm an Enneagram three and it's <laughs> like, you give me a challenge and I go for it. And so I, in the darkness of my life, every day I would read that Bible. My roommates in college would go like, what are you doing? Because they were like, just like me, they had no clue, you know, like, and so I was reading, I just began in Matthew, read through the New Testament. And when I was a senior in college, I was in the book of Revelation. I went to church with my sister and heard the gospel. And so the whole time I was reading, like it was just like, I don't understand this, but I was reading the Bible every day. And um, when I went to church with her that day, God did a miracle. I think that 2 Corinthians 5.17 is one of my life verses, that if any man be in Christ Jesus, the old things are passed away and everything becomes new. And truly, Lindsay, that day everything became new to me. Like my eyes were open, like the desires that I had for some of the things that I was doing that was dark and lust and the world and the boastful pride of life, like all of those things were like, I just didn't want to do them anymore. And so I slowly lost my friend group because they were doing those things and, you know, but I wasn't, wanting to be a part of those, still wanted to be friends, but it kind of opened my eyes like, oh, wow, you know, like even my friends were built around a life that I don't want to live anymore. And so, but I just, um, these like five girls from a church that I went to invited me to a Bible study And they taught me how to meditate on the word. They taught me how to pray. They, um, they were so awesome. I mean, they just embraced this girl that really looked, you know, like not like them at all and, um, taught me some things. And so anyway, I moved to Dallas in May. Like, so I had three months with them and then I graduated from college and, um, yeah, God just did a miracle in the transformation of my life. And, and he's still transforming me, you know, like we're all on a journey that, you know, just in these past few weeks, he's shown me stuff in my heart that still he's working on and cleansing. So yes, there was that big miraculous, like salvation moment for me. And everyone's journey is different. Like my husband, Brad, like he, 
Yeah. His journey is just different. He grew up in the church, but then when he really surrendered his life to the Lord, it was just more, it wasn't as like, boom, um, major difference. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, it was a major transformation in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Well, speaking of miracles, the fact that you are even sitting on this couch with me right now is a miracle because you have been through a lot. And so I wanted you to kind of share some of your journey through what God has led you through. Oh, wow. Okay. So I was a super healthy girl growing up. Like, I don't even know if I ever went to the doctor really, except for when I broke my leg, but, um, super healthy. I get married and right away we get pregnant and I started having headaches throughout the pregnancy and I gained a lot of water weight and the doctor would just say, Oh, it's just a pregnancy, you know? So we weren't really too concerned. And then one day I woke up with an extreme headache, but it wasn't just um, the headache. It was like, I couldn't move my body. And so I, I called Brad and he was actually taking a class um, in a Bible school at the time. And, and um, I just said, I need help. <laughs> and um, so an ambulance was called and they discovered, so I went to the hospital and they discovered that I had lost the baby. And at that time I was six months gestation. And it, so it was really devastating yeah. for us. And so I had lost the baby and they found out it was because of a blood clot in, in the placenta. Then I, but after I got out of the hospital and I continued to have these headaches that were really extreme and debilitating for a while. And it, it got to the point where I couldn't even like look at light. So I had to cover my eyes most of the time and mm-hmm. went into the doctor and they discovered through an MRI that I had a blood clot in the sagittal sinus of my brain, which is the main vein that exits your brain. And so they began to give me like a, um, some blood thinning medication. And when they did, it was, they gave me a little, they gave me too much for my body and my brain began to bleed. And so, um, I have this blood clot and then we have to do emergency brain surgery, but the blood clot itself was inoperable. So it was kind of a risky situation. And then they told me that at that time, wow, you can't even have like an aspirin, but here I have this blood clot like that needs to, I need to, um, dissolve, right? Or form collaterals so that it's not harmful to my body. And so they do emergency brain surgery. Here I am seven months like into my marriage, you know, with this partially shaved head, just lost a baby and just really wondering what God, what are you doing? You know, felt, um, yeah, just very alone. It was very devastating. Um, and so, Right before, I really have to share this, that right before any of this started happening, I had been meditating on a scripture from Hebrews 10, and it just, it was the amplified version, and it says, do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, because it carries with it a great and glorious compensation of reward, for you have need of steadfast patience 
and endurance so that after you fully accomplish the will of God, you can receive and enjoy and carry away to the full what's promised. So, I mean, it's a big mouthful, but I have been memorizing that. And like that verse just kept you, you have need of steadfast patience and endurance. You will receive the promise. It was like, I just had this in me like the whole time. So I had an awareness of God. I know that even though this is, traumatic and that it's an awful circumstance that God was working in me at least through the situation and so I made it through the surgery and then um, they were just really careful they don't weren't really quite sure what to do with me and um, so I was in ICU and then um, they put uh, they were switching out an IV and they put an IV um, in one of my veins in my hand and the vein popped, which is very normal to have happen. And so they put a bandaid on it and got another vein to put the IV in my um, hand. And so when they, but that, that never healed and like a blood clot developed in my hand, but they didn't really realize it. And then my brain surgeon came in that ICU one day and he's like, what is going on with your hand? And I was like, I don't know. I'm in so much pain, you know? And, and so he calls his orthopedic surgeon friend in from the gym. Like he comes in, in his gym clothes and he looks at my hand and he says, I don't know if I can save it. Wow. And yeah, <laughs> that's what I said. You know, it's like, wow, like my right hand, you know, like so many other things had happened. And, oh, and I forgot to mention that because I couldn't have blood thinners, then I also had a stroke. And so I had a stroke because of the blood clot in my um, brain. And when I did, like I got fascia. And so I couldn't communicate properly. So I was saying no when I meant to say yes and yes when I meant to say no. But inside, I felt like inside my body, like I knew exactly what I was supposed to be saying, but it would come out wrong. Yeah, that's so frustrating. Oh man, it was terrible. And, but it was the coolest thing because Brad, my husband knew it was like, he could look in my eyes and say, no, I think she meant no, you know, because I was talking to the doctors (laughs) anyway. So the stroke happened and slowly and surely I started practicing even that scripture that I just told you, I started practicing speaking again. And one day a doctor came in, he said, you're not going to get your speech back by practicing. And I was like, inside, you want to bet? Like I am going (laughs) to speak again. And so I just started sharing, I just started not sharing that scripture, but I started speaking that scripture that I had already memorized. And through like saying the word, like that slowly but surely every, um, all of my speech was restored. So that was really awesome. But here I am and this orthopedic surgeon just came in. He's like, I don't know if I can save her hand. And our pastor at the time was there and he just started like reading from the word. And while they were waiting to find uh, an operating room and so they were all, all the doctors were out there powwowing and he's reading, reading through scripture and he's going through Isaiah. They, and they had given me something like to take away the pain, but it was so much that I was like just laying there, like listening to him. And so 
he was reading through Isaiah and he gets to Isaiah 41.13. He's reading 41.12, then 13. Um, For I, the Lord your God, will hold you by your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. And then he keeps reading. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I felt like God just showed up in the room. You know, like that was so amplified. God, wait a minute. God just told me, fear not. I was in a tremendous amount of fear. He just told me it was my right hand. You know, he would help me. He was holding me by my right hand. And he would help me through that one passage he was addressing, like, boom, boom, boom all these things that were happening in my life. And right then at that particular moment, like I just so experienced the love and the care of the Lord, but the power of his word. It was like, I knew he was going to help me. And he helped me and he helped me through the doctors. I mean, that orthopedic surgeon operated on my hand three days in a row. And, um, and he's, you know, the Lord, help me every time and I have my right hand. And so yeah, awesome part of my story. And I just have to share this too, in the midst of those surgeries, I had gotten a really horrible condition because of the amount of medications that they were having to put into my body. Um, I got thrush and it was in my mouth and it's like all these, can I be gross on here? Yeah. You can. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. Like it was all these like blisters all over my tongue and all over the sides of my mouth. I mean, it was just really horrible to where the point where I couldn't really even eat anymore. Like mm-hmm. I had to just drink. And so I was being um, wheeled down on a, on a bed to surgery, to one of these surgeries. And um, a pastor friend of ours came out of the elevator and he said oh and he was with a couple of his friends he's like we're here to pray for you before you go into surgery and so they prayed for me and I went down to surgery and I came back up from surgery and my hand was you know still it was what was operated on but the thrush was completely gone completely gone like God had done a miracle and he answered prayer for healing but it wasn't the exact like the what we were hoping you know like for healing which that happened too but it was healing that came through the doctors you know which is so cool too because God uses man and God does miracles and where he doesn't and so that was one like that that was gone it was really like we when we realized that it was gone it was just huge to us yeah Yeah. it's so encouraging too when things like that happen because as you know even just recently i had i've experienced the same thing where i was praying for healing for one thing and was healed in a completely different way that was totally unexpected and that's just how god is sometimes you know and it's like yeah i'm still waiting for healing in the other thing but he is at work all the time yes. and, and just continually working in and through us. And it's just so encouraging that we can trust him in his timing and we can trust him that he's going to restore us. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, he just, he wants us really to listen to him. Yeah. You know, like, and that's what I feel like God has really done with me that he just has me in a very, intimate relationship with him and he wants all of us really to listen to him and 
obey him. When I was in the hospital, I had this little 90-year-old woman that would every day send me scriptures about healing and about Jesus being our healer and God and all of his promises for healing in the word. And so I started like, I had no reference for this before this. Like I you know, I believe God could do anything, that nothing was impossible, but I didn't really have a reference for all of the passages on healing. And she, every day I would get in the hospital, I would receive this little scripture verse from Miss Ellie, you know, that she was, um, yeah, praying for me and that she was sending me these scriptures and, you know, that God's name is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. I mean, that is his very name, you know, there's power that's in his name and he, his name reveals his character, you know, so he is the God that heals. And then I was learned by Jesus Christ stripes. I am healed. You know, that God sends forth his word to heal us in Psalm 107. And I was just like meditating on these different passages of scripture that God is my healer and felt challenged to live by the word of God. And then, you know, it just, it keeps me in the word. And I love the um, Proverbs where he says, my son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. You know, and so often we'll take medication two, three times a day. But are we living by God's word? Are we listening to what he's saying when he says that his words are life and health to our flesh? I mean, like take the medication the doctor is telling you to take, but like take the word of God too, you know, and put it in because it's alive and active, you know, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword and it changes us. It pierces down to the places that no medication can get to, that no man can get to, the places between the soul and spirit and joints and marrow like he does things in us like he says in that proverbs 4 that he heals our flesh yeah so i i always encourage people get in the word like just begin to believe the word of god and he says listen to his word to ask him according to his word to believe and have faith in what god can do yeah and you're someone who is in the word just constantly it's so evident because you know scripture better than almost anyone i know so your desire for god's word has really inspired me and so many other people that i know to want to dive in deeper And you know, I really attribute it to those girls who were the first girls that the Lord put me in connection with. They were so beautiful. They were so kind. They were so Christ-like, but the word was really important to them. And I knew nothing at this time, you know, like nothing. And so because the word was important and meditating on the word, it just became something that was important to me, like God imparted that to me right away, you know? And um, so I really, I'm so thankful and so thankful when I meet people that love the word and love to hide it in their hearts. And 
those, I mean, it challenges us every day, right? Like I might know it and be able to quote it, but it's like, ah, am I living it and walking it out? Am I living according, am I believing the word of God? You know, that's why I say like, take it in when we meditate it on it, because then we can really act on it in faith, you know, like, um, yeah. I just think that there's so much, you know, we're influenced by the world. We're Mm -hmm. influenced um, by our own thoughts, by our flesh, and we're influenced by the God of this age, right? Like spiritual darkness. And so how much more do we need to know what God says? And his kingdom is so otherworldly, right? Like it's not the kingdom of this world. It's not anything like it. Like I've heard people call it the upside down kingdom and it is, it's like countercultural. Yeah. It's so countercultural, you know? And so when we hide his word in our hearts, when we allow him to work in like, Hey, do you believe this? You know, you want to walk it out. You want (laughs) to obey me and, um, and praying for someone who's sick or in knowing that the gospel will, the words of God will not return void and the gospel has power. And when I share the gospel, like it has power, you know, like, do I believe that? And if I believe that, then I'll live it. Right. Yeah. And so I'm challenged by the word of God to even more than hiding it in my heart. Yeah. Although I feel like that's important. Yeah. And I think there's something just so powerful about a testimony because these stories happen, you know, to us so that we can give him glory. Like yes. it says in John 9, 3, you know, his works are displayed to bring him glory. And so every time we share a story of what God's done in our life, that just brings him glory. And I'll share this story pretty soon in another episode of what just happened recently for me. But I have just this week have told that story several times and every time it's increased people's faith and it has given glory to God. It yes. always points to him. Yes. You know, we can pray for people. We can, you know, like scripture says, lay hands on them, but it's not us. It's the power of God who's doing the work. And so he gets all the praise and glory yeah. for it. Yeah. I There's a scripture that says something along the lines that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I heard Lamar Boschman teach one time in a worship session, he was teaching that somewhere in the Old Testament that the word testimony actually means God will do it again. And so when we tell our testimony, faith is like just shoots out, right? Like in others that are suffering or others that are going through um, the same type of circumstance that when we have a testimony of how God met us, there's faith that's imparted in others that, oh, God will meet me too. I remember laying on that hospital bed, wondering if I will have my next breath and just desiring, like, is there anybody in the same place that I am? You know, is there anybody that has made it through this? I just wanted somebody to tell me, you know, like I've made it through, I've made it through. And, um, and God was there holding my right hand. Right. But it was, it was a roller coaster. I didn't know if I would make it through, but even you bringing that up, I want to bring up that another beautiful testimony that I had when, when I was in the hospital in the process of losing the baby, one of Brad's classmates from his Bible school came up to the hospital room 
And he said, Brad, I just so strongly have this scripture for you. And I just could not not come up here and bring it to you. And so it's John 11, 4. And it says, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And at the time, we're thinking like, nobody's sick. I just lost the baby, you know? And so we're like... The baby did die, you know, like it wasn't alive. And so then later when I kept having those headaches and we still didn't know what was wrong, you know, and, you know, then after that, they did diagnose me with a rare incurable blood disease. But like, I didn't know I was sick, but we started feeling like that scripture is for me. Like there's something about that passage. And that's exactly what God has done. Like through that time of being sick, he has done it for his glory. And that's all I want to do. Like there's no glory in the sickness. I believe that, you know, that is, yeah, not from him, but that he used it for his glory and he will be glorified through this testimony as it goes out. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think about how, you know, sometimes in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, the heart is more important. We should be praying for more hearts to turn towards Jesus or, you know, all these different things in scripture that point towards our hearts aligning with him, abiding, different things like that, uh, salvation in itself. But there is so much scripture about like physical sickness and how Jesus healed them. And that was important to him. And so why wouldn't it be important to him now? And so it's okay to ask for healing if we need it. We experience physical hardship here on earth. And so why not on earth as it is in heaven? If we're going to be whole in heaven, then we can ask for it here too. Yes. In fact, we're supposed to bring it. You know, he says that we're to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover, that the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And Lindsay, that just makes me think of um, the passage in John 14, um, starting in verse 12, he says something that along the line of greater works than these, than the works that Jesus was doing. I mean, he healed the sick, set captives free, he raised the dead, you know, like he did all these great works. And I read this verse and I'm like, okay, I believe the word of God. And he's speaking to his disciples, right? And so he says to us as his disciples that Greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Then right after the next verse, he says, um, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father will be glorified in the Son. You know, it's all about bringing God glory. It's not anything about the person who's praying for you. It's not anything about us people, you know, it's really that God will be seen in the earth today and known so that people can come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, right? Like God did these works so that people would know Jesus is the Messiah and he's still working so that people will know he's still working in the earth today. What would you say to someone who has been praying for a miracle or for healing for a long time and still hasn't experienced that What would you say to them to encourage them? Yeah, Lindsay, that's such a good point. I'm so glad that you brought that up. Because though I have been healed and I walk in a a life that like everything looks like I'm super healthy, but um, it's been progressive, the healing that's been happening in my body, right? And one of the promises that 
the Lord spoke to me or scriptures that he spoke to me is in Hebrews 6. And, and it says it's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. So I would say to them, like, it is we're in a war right with the enemy we wrestle not against flesh and blood yep. but against principalities and powers and the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places this our spiritual battle is very real and we know from john 10 10 that satan comes to steal kill and destroy yep. right so we're in a battle but jesus comes to give abundant life and so I would say, like, speak abundant life over you. If you've, you know, Jesus, you have abundant life. And then put on the armor of God because yeah. you're in a battle. That's in Ephesians 6. And then get the promises of God and say them and know them and receive them. You know, sometimes we cannot be receptive even to yeah. God's word. And so receive them as promises and know that it's through faith faith in those promises, and then patience on God. There's a weight, and the weight in suffering and times of trial is and can be one of the most beautiful things in our walk with the Lord, because that weight, that word weight, is, I think it, it's kavah, and it means like to be your you being interwoven almost like a braiding your soul and you're being embraided interwoven with god himself yeah. and that's what happens in the weight is that he is very present he's very active especially as we're meditating on his word and as we're hiding his word in our heart and as we're putting faith in his word and as we're we're asking him for the healing, I just say faith and patience. Like ask in Matthew 7, 7, he says, ask and keep on asking. That ask and keep on asking and you will receive. There's something and like think of that unfortunate widow, you know, she asked and she went to the judge and it was like, she's asking and she's asking. He's like, I'm going to give this to her because she won't let me alone, you know? And it's like, that's the way I'm going to be, you know, God, yeah. I'm just going to ask you and ask you and ask you for um, these people that I'm praying for people right now that are in the midst of very terrible you know, trials yeah. and circumstances with their health and mm -hmm. with other things. And we just, we're going to ask and we're going to believe and we're going to watch God move. And so it's through faith that we inherit the promises of God. Yeah. And I think there's something so important too about inviting other people in to join you in praying. Absolutely. Because there's even more power in that. Absolutely. You know, Lindsay, I had a whole church that when I was going through kind of the throes of the very intense battle for my life, um, which was, happened two different times, but the very, the first time I had a church that held like three prayer services and they just like they called everybody together and prayed for me and then this group of women that prayed for me like all night I have so many stories but yeah. all, every single one of them involves other people like yeah. praying you know and asking God and joining together and the body of Christ is so important to and 
get those people gathered around you who will believe with you and hold your hands and pray for you and walk with you and strengthen you and encourage you in the word and what God says. Yeah. And and I think sometimes people feel selfish asking for prayer, but it's actually in an opportunity for whoever you're asking to pray for you, it's an opportunity for them to be more intimate with the Lord. Oh yeah. And to increase their faith too as they're praying like they're seeking the Lord and that's drawing them closer to Jesus. And so it's it's so beautiful how it's all just like tied together, how we're just drawn closer to him, even through suffering, but he's still glorified through it, even in the hard times. Yes. Oh, yeah. I say never hold back from getting people to pray for you. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that. Like I've, I see some people that just have been so bold, like in asking, they always are like asking for prayer and they have more testimonies. They have so many yeah. testimonies because they're humbly asking, you know, it's yeah. in humility that we make our needs known to other people. But then um, it's like, then they get to see and share the breakthrough and um, give the glory to God. Wow, that's so good. Well, this has been so just life-giving for me to hear, and I hope it is for the listeners as well. I always end with one question. What is a great thing that you're into right now? I would say a great thing that I'm in right now is that I get to be doing this discipleship intensive at City Church International. And it is so fun. So we're like running this race together in this really intense discipleship for 17 weeks where um, we're just doing some of the challenging, all of us are, we're fasting and we're praying and we're reading the word and we're spending time with God daily and we're setting us out our ourselves apart from some media sources and then um, just really trying to immerse ourselves in setting our focus like that whole um, Colossians 3 that um, set your mind on the things that are above not the things of the earth seek those things that are above where Christ is yeah and um, so it's a awesome, like it is a great thing. We are already seeing like God move through it in yeah. people's lives and the testimony. So it's been a really, really great thing and fun. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm i actually going through one of the books that you guys are reading just, you know, on my own. And it's been so good. I've taken a ton of notes. And so I know that what the Lord is doing through that program right now is going to just make ripple effects for a long time. I hope so. We're praying that. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, Angela, thank you so much for, for joining me today. You know, I love you and I'm just so grateful for you. I love you too, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. So fun. God bless everybody. I am so grateful for God's provision in Angela's story. First, he rescued her heart, then he healed her body. And now she's been able to give the hope of Christ to so many people all over the world. God has done a lot of great things in and through Angela, but it's all because of the good news. See, we wouldn't even have a reason to live if it weren't for Jesus coming to the earth and dying on a cross, a death that we deserved as payments for our innumerable sins. But God, because he loves us so much, knew that we needed that rescue. So he allowed his son Jesus to take on our debt. And the best news is that he didn't stay dead. He came back to life a few days later. Only God could do that. Since Jesus is alive, we get to live with him forever, if we just believe. And he wants a relationship with us. So if you'd like to know more about that, 
please head over to greatthings.fm slash resources. You can even submit prayer requests there. We would love to be praying for you. Feel free to also reach out on social media. The links to everything are in the show notes. If this episode encouraged you, please share it with someone. We want to reach everyone with the hope and joy of Christ. Thanks for joining us today. I hope you'll be back next week for more great things. Oh,